Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Smart Cities Chronicles, your podcast for everything Smart Cities action, investment and outcomes. My name is Adam Beck. I'm Executive Director of the Smart Cities Council. Uh, and this, uh, this episode, episode 79 of the Chronicles, is coming to you via audio podcast, but also uh, vodcast uh, on video. And joining me today uh, for this episode, uh, Mel Frampton from Sage Group, one of our partner companies at the Smart Cities Council, who leads up their cybersecurity and risk uh, work. Mel, thanks so much for joining us from Adelaide. How are you? Yeah, well, thanks, Adam. Thanks very much for having me. Uh, absolute pleasure to uh, be here. No, not a problem. Looking forward to it, Mal. Um, let's uh, let's let's start with a bit of an intro. We've got listeners all over the uh, over the world. Who are you, and what do you do? Yeah, so Mal Frampton's my name, and uh, cyber's <laughs> cyber's the game. The game yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, but I've been brought on board as uh, uh, Sage's cyber security consultant, having a look at uh, uh, I, I guess building out their cyber security strategy. Um, uh, looking at the risk and compliance piece and uh, how we can project that not only, I guess, to the corporate uh, uh, aspects of the house, but also, you know, uh, uh, how that's going to impact our customers and uh, 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 industry and all of that sort of stuff. It, it, yeah, the industries that we play in. So um, my background, uh, uh, 22 years uh, in defence. Um, I'm, I'm a, a Navy veteran. And uh, uh, for the last eight years, uh, uh, I've been playing in the cybersecurity space. Um, so, you know, it was a great stepping stone to uh, uh, leave Defence and, and come work with an organisation such as SAGE. Um, some really exciting opportunities here. So, yeah, that's me in a nutshell, really. No, thank you. And um, uh, this has got to be quite an interesting role, I'd imagine, Mal, because, I mean, the... Uh, the, the sectors and the type of projects that Sage gets into. I mean, um, you're a deployer, you're a designer, you're a manufacturer, you're an integrator. Um, Sage is sort of a little bit unique in terms of um, sort of the, the, the whole of life and, and, and scope by which you get involved in technology and data projects. Yeah, for sure, exactly. And, and it goes beyond that as well, right? If we have a look at uh, the industries that we play in you know it, it's it's uh, not just manufacturing we we delve out into the transport space um you know uh, water uh, utilities in some respects electricity um you know uh, and 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 automation data analytics with some of our uh, partner and 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 child companies as well such as Nucon and skills lab you know um uh, it's it's quite a diverse range of mm. uh, 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 experience and i guess um cyber knowledge that's required across all of those uh, industries yeah so mel we're going to have a conversation about um uh this hot off the press Australian Government Cybersecurity Strategy 2020. Uh, for those Fantastic. that are for those that are on video, you can sort of see the cover there. Um, and and let, let, let's sort of start start broad and, and narrow in uh, over uh, over our time together. Um, first of all, I mean, kind of what a year for cyber, right? I mean, you've got you got at times most of the nation working from home. Um, you know, connecting, connecting into the internet for school and work. Um, you've got a backdrop of more IoT deployment ever now than has probably ever happened in the nation. Um, and I suppose geopolitically, you know, we we got some tensions that 
you know, a brewing, and I don't want to get into politics, but I mean, it's just a, it's just a, a, a really dynamic time for the cyber sector. Uh, would that be a fair observation? Yeah, completely agree, mate. Um, you know, uh, uh, what's happened over the last uh, uh, four to six months with COVID, uh, you're exactly right, everyone working from home in a, in a unique landscape. Um, now more than ever has it been proven that our digital economy has grown to such an exponential scale um, that we need to be doing more to protect ourselves uh, 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 online. Um, and that goes beyond the realms of just, uh, you know, the, the, the basic uh, uh, cyber bullying and all of that sort of stuff that used to go on. Um, and, 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 you know, thinking outside the box of, okay, well, this is applied at uh, work. How can I now apply these same sort of cybersecurity strategies and utilise those in, at, at home and in my personal life as well? Um, one of the comments that uh, uh, came out of the cybersecurity strategy um, uh, made by the minister was um, that uh, you know the response to the, uh, the, the the pandemic has shown the importance of uh, uh, secure online connectivity um, and and how Australia's resilience and resolve to work together for that common goal is is so important and and that's one of the key outcomes uh, that's highlighted throughout the strategy uh, document as well. And um, I suppose further to that backdrop of sort of now and 2020, um, uh, you'd have to think, and I suppose I'm asking you for your view on this, you would have to think that with the likes of, um, I, you know, my observation, you know, the general positive uh, experiences with work from home, uh, you know, for, for the majority, you'd have to think that there's going to be a bit of that that sticks and so therefore, uh, remaining connected in a safe and secure way uh, is only going to become more top of mind. I mean, you know, th this is not a flash in the plan. 2020 is when cyber counts. I mean, you know, I, 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 I can see that sort of from a, from a, from a national level, policymaking strategy level, it's kind of here to stay and it's only going to become sort of a bigger issue. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and you know, I mean... Moving away, I guess, from that government piece, it's 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 about building those partnerships and sharing between uh, uh, government, uh, industry, and in the community as well, right? Because uh, uh, that's, in 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 my opinion, some some of that has been missing uh, uh, in recent years. That that collaboration space, we tend to keep a lot of our cyber knowledge and all of that close hold to our respective industries, our respective businesses and all of that sort of stuff. And same at the government level as well. Um, but how can we better share that knowledge? You know, knowledge is power. Um, mm. and, and when it comes to uh, uh, cyber security, that intelligence has real value to better protect not only our corporate systems, but certainly um, uh, the operational technology environments, um, as well as our home, uh, our homes as well. You know, IoT is massive, so mm, mm. Uh, and and so many risks there that uh, haven't even been realised yet. So yeah, yeah, yeah no, that's right. Um, okay, so for our listeners and watchers, um, if you're in front of a browser, uh, jump in and and sort of search Australia's Cybersecurity Strategy 2020. That's the document. Um, you'll find it there. Uh, Mal, let's um, uh, let, let's sort of um, look at the sort of the vision and, and approach to start with and the and the document itself is 
um, it's quite an easy read. I mean, I'm a bit of a, um, a, a document structure readability nerd. Um, it's kind of pretty straight up and down. It talks about sort of an overview, what the threat environment looks like, and then it jumps into sort of what the plan of action is. So it's, it, it's kind of, uh, as I mentioned, an easy read. There's this nice sort of, you know, a, at a glance on a page overview. Um, and if we start there, the vision, you know, is for a more secure online world for all Australians so they can go about their business. Um, the approach is that, you know, that vision will get delivered through complementary actions by governments, businesses and community. So that now directly speaks to your last comment there, right, around sharing information and knowledge as power. So they start pretty strong on this idea of, collaboration and, and government and business and community working together. Um, is, 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 that, uh, is, is that new for a national cyber approach for Australia? Um, is that how we had been approaching it in the past? Can you give me a sense of this vision and approach that they've got here? Does it depart from, you know, what's been happening so far? How new is this vision and this approach or it's always been like this? I think the vision has always been there and I really like the vision and, and you know, to sell Sage's perspective, you know, it ties in nicely with Sage's vision, you know, of a smarter future, better world. Mm. Um, but, uh, you know, from, from how the government is, I guess, directing or supporting uh, uh, industry and supporting the community through the, this approach, my my vision has been that interaction between government and industry whilst it is existed, mm. you know, um, by all means you can go and uh, uh, speak to say the Australian cyber security center or, or through the joint cyber security centers uh, uh, about cyber security and get some uh, high level advice. If you like, there's somewhat been a reluctance there to share the threat intelligence piece. Um, and, you know, a lot of the time that comes down to matters of uh, uh, national security and reasons and all that sort of thing. Um, but, you know, I, th I think now more than ever, um, uh, uh, where we see some of the incidents that have been happening recently, um, you know, look at the toll group, look at Lion, uh, uh, the, the Lion Beverage Group and so forth, some of the incidents that have happened there. Um, there's a lot of in, information that be, can be gleaned and shared out of that to better protect businesses across the board, right? Um, and, and that knowledge sharing, that collaboration piece, I think has needs further development and that's one of the key highlights of, 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 of this strategy. Um, but certainly, you know, there's been the ability there to, uh, for the last, oh, I think it's the last 12 or 18 months to establish partnerships with uh, the Australian Cyber Security Centre through their, their um, joint cyber security centre initiative that's now located in, in every capital city across Australia. So that's a fantastic opportunity uh, and, and certainly one that uh, SAGE has uh, recently pursued and is in the process of signing up for as well. So... So is it fair to say, Mal, that we've kind of had more support and guidance around cyber than, than sort of in the past? Definitely now, I think so. Yeah. And, you know, and, and uh, uh, as, as this strategy comes to fruition, I think we're going to see some significant advancements and, and improvements in, in that collaboration piece as well.
Yeah. And, and look, I know we're talking about the, the, the national strategy, but, you know, when you see the likes of Minister Victor Dominello in New South Wales uh, and the, the sort of the tidy sum of money that they've put up as well to sort of build cyber, cyber capability. I mean, they've got a very bold ambition around, you know, New South Wales being sort of a, a global leader in cyber. They're, they're, they're pretty, um, pretty sure signs that, um, uh, you know, th things are things are certainly getting more more serious from an action perspective and 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 sort of you know managing risk. No, I completely agree. And look, I, th I uh, like we spoke about recently. I think uh, um, every state has got their finger in the pie to become that uh, uh, that national centre of uh, excellence, if you like, here in South Australia. Um, Premier Marshall recently, or, or last year, I think it was. Uh, signed a uh, partnership with uh, the governor of, uh, 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 I think it was uh, District of Columbia um, uh, from Baltimore, um, uh, uh, establishing a partnership with South Australia there. Um, Baltimore or, or, or that District of Columbia in, in the USA is is a prime hotspot for, for the US's uh, uh, cyber collaboration and all of that sort of stuff. Um, and, you know, uh, uh, the Premier's vision was establishing uh, uh, the Australian Cyber Collaboration Centre, or now known as A3C, I think it is, um, down at Lot 14, which is the old Royal Adelaide mm. Hospital site here in Adelaide. So, mm. you know, everyone's got their their finger in the pie and, and wants a piece of this, which is fantastic, mm. um, provided that the, we, we are collaborating and working together on that common vision, that common approach and that common goal. Yeah, yeah. Um Let's move through a couple of things here. Um, the, uh, the, the, the cyber threats and uh, the threat environment, as they describe it, they're using words like, um, it's evolving rapidly, uh, it's becoming more complex. Um, I imagine that across different sectors, um, and you know, th th there's an interesting graph in here that, that sort of maps the cybersecurity incidents by sector. Yep. Um, first, of, so last sort of financial year, July 2019 through to June 2020. Um, and it's this bar chart that shows that, you know, the, the Australian government was the biggest hit, then it was state and territory governments, then it was other, which I assume is probably local government. Um, one that stood out for me, Mal, I don't know if you can shed any light on this one, um, I, well, a couple of observations I take, I'd be keen on your perspectives. Um, health seems to be a really big sector getting hit hard, uh, which I kind of never really thought about that, but it kind of, I, I kind of get it now, I think. Um, I was surprised that um, uh, transport was, was so low. And I think not that transport was so low or water and comms, but I think it's just that the health one had so many, like almost, at times, you know, a doubling of the number of incidents. Is there any light you can shed on that? What's going on in the health sector? Look, I, I, we only need to have a look at what happened to uh, the NHPS over in the UK um, uh, uh, in, in recent years um, that gives some, I guess, emphasis on um, the health industry um, regulations that now apply for cybersecurity. Um, it, it, uh, health is certainly one of those sectors that has some regulatory compliance around it. 
Um, certainly, uh, uh, energy does as well. Mm. Um, albeit, I don't think energy made it on there as its own industry by itself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, but certainly uh, uh, the Australian energy market ombudsman um, has recently released a uh, cybersecurity strategy or a cybersecurity framework that's relevant to that sector as well. Part of the reason I think why we're not seeing um, the the lower figures in some of those sectors such as transport and water is because you know the regulatory requirements are not necessarily there they don't necessarily exist across some of these sectors yet um, and and again you know um, that's something that the government I think is is working on as part of this strategy um, but you know it, it it can't be a blanket approach right yeah certainly there are some uh, uh, cyber security considerations that are going to affect all industries. Um, but when we start talking about personal information from a health perspective or critical infrastructure from utilities, energy, transport, and all of that sort of stuff, and move into telecommunications, there's certainly going to be separate uh, regulatory requirements, particularly you know where we're talking about um, uh, you know essentially from a cyber perspective, we're ethical hackers, right? Mm. Um, So, you know, we have visibility into all of these systems and all of this data and all of this information. Um, You know, the compliance with things like uh, uh, the surveillance acts and the telecommunications interception acts and all of that sort of stuff, that comes into this piece as well. Um, So I think as those um, regulatory outcomes develop, we'll see increases. Um, I'm... I'm hesitant to say that uh, uh, those figures that we see there are necessarily correct for some of those sectors. Certainly health, the government is up there as well. They've got their, certainly have uh, uh, the Australian Cyber Security Centre and and protective security policy frameworks in place. How that evolves into those other sectors, however, I think we'll see an increase in those figures. Yeah. Uh, Mel, you've mentioned uh, just reg- regulation and requirements a few times. Um, I, I'm, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a cyber novice. Um, <laughs> l- let me ask this question, um, and, and I hope it's not a, a, a silly question, but um, and I hope it makes sense. But who's responsible for cyber? Great question. <laughs> <laughs> you know, is it kind of like every organisation for themselves, or I, I I don't understand the 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 kind of you know who leads, who follows. You know, government enacts things and markets respond to that. But uh, is it kind of generally everyone for themselves? You know, and I'm thinking of sort of small businesses as well, right? Yeah, who often yeah. often wouldn't play in this space much. What, what what kind of response could you give to that idea of a question? Yeah, certainly, uh, um, you know, government has been regulated uh, uh, for, for, for a number of years now, but, you know, where we talk about those small to medium-sized businesses, you know, and, and even large industry as well, um, uh, you know, how you build up your cybersecurity strategy, you know, who's responsible for that, it has been, it's been every man for themselves. Um, the leadership piece is, is partly addressed uh, uh, in um, the cyber security strategy um, that government needs to take a lead role. Um, but one of my catch cries, um, and, and uh, I, I, I take it from, from one of my previous leaders when I was in defence, um, is, is cyber is, is exactly like safety. 
right? Mm. Um, safety is everyone's responsibility. Um, and for that reason, you know, um, security should, should, should needs to become a part of, or needs to become exactly the same. It needs to become everyone's responsibility. And that's been my catch cry to uh, uh, Sage Group, um, mm. is that security is everyone's responsibility, mm. but who takes the leadership in that? That's, you know, up to, at the moment, it's up to organisations to define that themselves. Yeah, yeah. Um, is um, is is it is it a case that we, we, we're getting? Are we getting better at cyber? Okay, uh, and, and I probably, you know, we, we've got the strategy here, and New South Wales investing lots of dollars, cyber centres popping up everywhere. So, sort of government and you know, that, that sort of public sector, of course, we're seeing some very visible signs that, that at least strategy and, and money is flowing better. Out on the street, Mal, um, in, in the average home that's now schooling and working from home, uh, are we generally getting better at cyber? I think so. Um, yeah. I've, I've, I've certainly uh, seen a lot of that uh, over recent months um, uh, from from my perspective here at SAGE, um, you know, I've had people coming and asking, you know, what are the sorts of things that I can do at home to improve uh, uh, my, my um, cyber worthiness at home? You know, how can I better protect my network? What sort of things can I do uh, when looking at uh, uh, devices that I'm going to purchase and connect to my home network? Um, so, you know, the message is getting out there. Um, there and, and, and that's fantastic from an education and awareness piece. Um, you know, but, but one of uh, the, one, one quote that comes to mind um, is that, uh, that protection is ideal, but detection is a must. Um, so, you know, as we get the, 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 the message out there to better protect ourselves, that's fantastic. All right. But, um, there's no amount of education and awareness that is going to prevent uh, cyber attacks from happening. So we need to have mechanisms in place to better uh, better position ourselves to detect these sort of uh, uh, um, attacks when they occur. Um, how we do that at home <laughs> yeah, and yeah. small businesses is, is a really big challenge. Um, and, and something where I think uh, our government is going to take a leadership role and, and, and that's something that's mentioned uh, uh, in the strategy, certainly. Um, but when it comes to uh, a large and, and, and medium-sized enterprise, um, you know, that's a sort of contentious space as well. So, yeah, I, I think we're certainly getting better, um, but uh, we've still got a long way to go from a professional standpoint. Um, the edge uh, that there's a massive skill shortage in in uh, uh, trained and and well-educated uh, cybersecurity professionals. Um, I know a lot of the universities and and uh, vocational education training uh, uh, is happening around cybersecurity, uh, building up those capabilities. Um, but we've still got a long way to go. I was going to ask you about skills, Mel. I, I'm really curious about that one. Um, someone once said to me um, that has stuck. Um, is that those organisations who kind of master uh, risk assessment, risk analysis, assessment management, um, 
kind of take to cybersecurity, you know, like a duck to water or, or they're better, they're better kind of, you know, they're in the, the most optimum space you can imagine because they have a culture of, of, of general risk assessment, corporate risk and things like that. Um, a is that, w- would you sort of agree on that approach? Uh, and, and B that idea of making, you know, security, everyone's job, um, yet you know we've got a shortage of skills how how kind of transferable is 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 that you know when i when i consider that comment around you know if you've got a risk assessment you know that's a pretty good starting point you know we've got thousands and thousands of project managers you know that are acutely trained in risk assessment is there is there potential transfer there so so two lofty questions in there in there the one around <laughs> the, the one around risk you know yes. if you sort of got a culture of risk uh, risk assessment and management you're sort of in a pretty you know you're in a good place and and then b skills transfer a lot of people know about risk but may not be in the cyber field is that an opportunity yeah look uh, certainly the risk awareness piece is huge um, uh, and, and, and is integral to any effective cyber security strategy. Um, understanding where your cyber vulnerabilities exist in a network um, is fantastic. Um, it's having, a, but where, where I talk about the skill shortfall is probably more in the technological space mm-hmm. and being able to identify where, where those vulnerabilities are um, and, and in fact, if they are actual vulnerabilities, right? Um, sometimes a vulnerability uh, or, or, or uh, a, a vulnerability might exist in a system um, that uh, when it's published uh, uh, by the vendor or whoever it might be, um, uh, Microsoft, whatever, um, you know, it, it, it's published as being a high risk or an extreme risk in some circumstances. It's given a high, high uh, risk score. Um, and quite often I find that uh, a, a lot of people go into panic mode around that. Um, and for, for good reason, I, un- I understand why, but when we have a look at the technical controls that we might already have in place on a network, you know, the network might be segmented or isolated. Um, there might be a whole ton of other controls in place to uh, uh, protect that particular system, whether that's an intrusion detention, uh, detection, intrusion prevention system, firewall rules, access control lists. I mean, the list goes on, right? Mm. And, it's, and it's an onion-layered approach to uh, uh, protecting our, our critical assets from, uh, uh, from the adversaries. But the vulnerability still exists on the, in, on the inside. Now, that vulnerability might be high, but because of all those other controls that I've got in place, the mitigation uh, now makes that as being a low-risk vulnerability. So it's not so much cause for panic. Um, Can you just repeat the second part of your question? Yeah, the the, the skills uh, and transferability, you know, uh, have you got any any sense of... um, people switching professions, you know, from, from those project management or other sectors into cyber, given sort of the high demand and the level of investment that's going into it? Yeah, certainly bringing that risk awareness piece. Um, but where we talk about, uh, uh, you know, a, a framework or the one that I'm familiar with is, is the NICE framework. So the National Institute of Standards and Technology out of the U.S., 
um, has developed a NICE or NICE framework for um, cybersecurity education. Um, a, a critical part of that is risk. Um, and I think, well, I don't think I know every uh, cybersecurity course that uh, um, I've been and participated in. Um, the risk piece is a huge component of that. Um, is where I think there's a lot of transferable skills is from um, uh, those that are already working in the IT industry with a systems administrator um, or certainly network administrator, network, admin, uh, network engineering, systems engineering background um, that, that can easily transfer over into this cybersecurity realm. Um, there's a lot of, uh, uh, when, when we start talking about networking and uh, 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 the layers of networking and the way that uh, these systems communicate with one another, I don't think uh, uh, it's, yeah, my, my opinion <laughs> anyway is, is, is that people from a project management background um, may not necessarily be suited to a cybersecurity role, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, where, where would you peg our, um, our, our education and training in, in cyber? Are, are we kind of, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down, sort of world leader, laggard, or somewhere in the middle? Yeah, I think we're somewhere in the middle. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yep. Um, so let's get into the the, the 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 sort of the meat of this document. Um, and it's as I said, it's kind of pretty straight up and down, right? The vision is there, and then they have uh, what seem to be these three core pillars that they then outline a, a suite of actions, and then sort of investment dollars beside each one. So actions by government, actions by businesses actions by the community. And again, that is picking up uh, what seems to be quite a um, strong theme through the strategy, which is, which is this collaborative approach. And reading between the lines, it's saying here that if, if we want to be secure and safe, uh, we all got to sh you know, share the load here and we all got to play our part. Um, so actions by government, I, I think, um, I, I think sort of a, a, a lot of that is, uh, is sort of, um, out, out sort of in the public realm announcements and policy and, and things like that. The, the actions by businesses and the actions by community, I wouldn't mind touching on for a moment. Sure. Um, it, it says very early on, um, there's a key action of uplifting the cybersecurity of SMEs, small to medium enterprises. Uh, and of course the Australian economy is underpinned by small to medium enterprises. Um, can you share your thoughts on where we've been with cyber and SMEs and kind of, you know, how it compares to the language that's coming through in the strategy? Was this a gap that we used to have and, and we're sort of just starting to fill it now? Or has there been a strong focus on, you know, security of SMEs, you know, forever? And this is just consolidating it, so to speak. Yeah, no, look, I... I that SME space, I think, has been a big, um, a big gap uh, uh, across the entire sector. Um, you know, a lot of particularly small enterprises where you know they're working on a laptop from home or, or you know a single laptop in the office uh, uh, and, and a mobile phone, for example. Um, you know, tethered to uh, uh, whether it's it's a um, basic uh, uh, internet connection. Uh, it could be 
working out of somewhere where they're tethered and connected through a public Wi-Fi service or mm. um, uh, something like that. Massive risks, massive mm. risks associated with that. Um, I've, I've seen it. Uh, uh, I've got a good friend of mine who runs his own uh, uh, small business um, uh, manufacturing, you know, um, small components uh, uh, and, you know, just through, I guess, not, I, I wouldn't go as far as saying ignorance, but certainly lack of education and awareness, um, you know, uh, succumb to a, a ransomware uh, uh, type threat. Um, his his uh, home computer was ransomed. And then a couple of weeks later, um, he also had another incident where uh, uh, he became a bit of a clickbait and, and uh, was asked to provide some uh, Google Play cards uh, to someone to remote in and fix his computer, for example. Um, you know, those people in, in, in those smaller sectors, I think, struggle with this because there is a cost associated with cybersecurity. Um, you know, and, and one, of, one of the things that I've, I've tried to, I guess, um, portray is, you know, what's the cost of, what's the value of your business? And when we talk about metrics and KPIs for cybersecurity, the return on investment is rather difficult to portray, right? Because unlike any other sort of gap in a market where you can reasonably uh, evaluate and analyze um, what your return on investment is going to be. I can't do that for cybersecurity until an incident occurs. Mm, you know? mm. And it may be, it, depending on the severity of that incident, you know, a, for some of these small businesses, if they were to lose all of their data, oh. if they were to lose all of their systems, it would be catastrophic. Yeah, well, I'd imagine you know? businesses so, couldn't survive or come back from potentially some of those incidents. No, exactly. So yeah, it's, it, it's a really big challenge and I'm, I'm glad to see that it's certainly being addressed in, in the strategy. Yeah. Uh, Mal, while you've been talking, I just did a simple Google search and I Googled local government cybersecurity training for SMEs. Uh, now Googling isn't, the most ro ro robust of temperature tests of what's going on or not going on, but I I'm getting nothing here from local government. I'm getting, you know, uh, federal government references to funding for, you know, cyber training for SMEs, um, you know, small business articles, um, home affairs. Uh, I'm getting state government. Um, I, I don't know whether to be concerned. I don't know whether that would be standard, but, um, you know, we, we, we have 500 and whatever local authorities around Australia, you know, a number of them have small business functions, you know, helping them with Facebook pages and other kind of training. Um, is it just a matter of time before cyber becomes part of the curricula of local government engaging with SMEs or am I thinking a, a bit, a bit too sort of rainbows and unicorns there? No, look, I certainly don't think it's rainbows at all. Um, uh, uh, you know, there is talk in the strategy. I, um, I can't remember exactly the figure, um, but it does talk in there about uh, government providing um, uh, uh, small and medium enterprises um, with some security awareness and training packages. 
Um, what that looks like at the moment, I don't know. Mm. Um, I, I, I think it's probably going to more target that uh, um, that marketing space around social media and how to lock down and better control your social media and your marketing platforms and all of that sort of thing. Um, but you know, it, it, it goes as far as looking at reputable organisations or reputable vendors and, and brands when when uh, uh, you're wanting to employ some sort of product, you know, whether it's a CRM tool, mm-hmm. um, you know, or, 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 or whatever it might be, uh, you know, there, there are a lot of products out there um, that are low cost, but are they best bang for your buck, if that makes sense? And one of, one of the um, uh, comments that it makes in, in, in the strategy is, you know, it's not a case of one size uh, fits all, you know, it does in cyber, one size doesn't fit all. Um, it's about finding that balance um, of the objectives of, of you know, um, the, the, the cyber security aspects, you know, the physical security, personal security and supply chain um, protections across all sectors, you know, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, our friends at the Internet of Things Alliance, uh, I believe, are working on a, a, a pretty bold and ambitious project. Um, it, it resembles something like a, um, you know, a, 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 a sort of a kite mark kind of um, label uh, around cyber and particularly IoT devices. Um, you know, th- this this sort of resonates with me and probably most people, you know, we've got the star rating for fridges and TVs and when you buy cars with the fuel consumption. So um, that kind of product disclosure idea, um, where is your headspace at with kind of that idea of, you know, like a a cyber disclosure certificate statement or mark uh, on sort of products and, and, and sort of similar componentry and the technical aspects uh, of our uh, of our smart cities. Yeah, look from from an information management perspective, it's certainly something that's you know uh, been looked at from um, an international standards perspective. But how that applies to IoT, I'm not entirely sure. Mm. Um, it's it's not necessarily a space. Um, that I have myself have delved into yet. Yeah, um, I'm, yeah. I'm still I'm still reasonably new with that uh, Sage and and that IoT space certainly is somewhere of you know significant risk and and I'd love to see some form of check you know standard um, for these IoT devices to say that you know they've met some form of compliance, um, but how that's achieved. Uh, particularly when these devices are coming <laughs> left, right and centre from everywhere over the world and how that's evaluated from a certification and, and accreditation aspect, that's that's going to be a really big challenge, I think. Yeah. yeah well, you know, that, that field, there's, a, there's you know, 3,000 sensors, you know, new sensors every day. Every day. Kind, kind right. of thing. It's it's rapidly uh, changing. Um, okay. So <laughs> back, back to the strategy, Mal, um, you know, what do we got here? We've got, uh, you know, 20 pages, which essentially, uh, well, page 18 to 39, um, you know, a bunch of pages with strategies, action plans, all kind of good stuff. Were, were there any glaring gaps in there that you picked up on? Uh, yeah, that, that sort of core part of the, the strategy, which is, you know, bullet points, pages and pages of bullet points of the, the initiatives, the programs that they want to do. 
was there anything that that sort of stood out in terms of holes or gaps? Oh, you're on. You're on. Something happened with the audio, Mel. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> I coughed a minute ago and had to put myself on mute. So. That's all right. <clears throat> um, nothing really stood out. I'm. I'm. I. Or or was a gap to me. Um, yeah. You know, uh, it's certainly come a long way from um, the, the the first strategy uh, uh, four years ago, um, and the piece that was that that was mostly missing and is highlighted in this is that collaboration piece between uh, government, um, industry, and the community as well. Um, yeah. And that and that's certainly a big focus here. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's there, from there's nothing really that stands out to me yeah. as being a gap or missing. I think it's been really well considered. Yeah. Um, and, and the collaboration process that, that uh, uh, occurred for this strategy to, to be developed, you know, Telstra CEO, Andy Penn, um, uh, the ex-US uh, uh, Department of Homeland Security uh, Director um, and various other stakeholders, um, the ability for industry and community to contribute to uh, the development of the strategy, I think, was a fantastic uh, initiative of of government and the Australian Cyber Security Centre to get to get to where it is. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's go for our final sort of technical question before we wrap. Um, page forty four through to you know forty seven or so. Uh, implementation and measuring progress. I, I always like to see a heading in a strategy mm -hmm. that has implementation firstly, but also measuring progress. And we're, we're confronted with a set of metrics, um, again, structured around those kind of core areas of metrics for government, metrics for business, metrics for the community. Um, I, I like metrics. It gives you half a chance of trying to measure something, you know, so that you can improve and track. Um, is there anything in the metrics? Well, first of all, um, you'd have to agree that metrics are a good inclusion. How do you, how do you think we're going to go based on, I suppose, history in terms of our ability to genuinely measure our progress and, and track outcomes? Yeah, that's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, a hard, yeah. it's a really hard one. Yeah. Um, you know, and, um, look, I, I, I really don't have an answer to that. Um, I'm sorry, Adam. We, we've got to wait um, and see, don't we? Yeah, that's right. You know, um, if, if I can relate it back to where we spoke earlier about that bar chart, you know, a, a, across the various industries and sectors um, as, as to, I guess, the amount of uh, incidents that are occurring, um, you know, I, I expect that, you know, from a metrics perspective, we'll see that increase somewhat exponentially across mm -hmm. um, uh, some of those other sectors um, that don't necessarily have those regulatory frameworks at the moment. Um, but is what I'd like to see, I guess, uh, 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 in, in, in a future rendition, if there was, um, is, you know, okay, there's been this many incidents that have occurred across these sectors. Um, but what has been somewhat of the cost? Um, and when I talk cost, it's not just the dollar value, right? Um, it's, uh, uh, you know, the, the amount of systems that were impacted, the amount of users that were impacted, all of that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, but 
I, I don't really have, have yeah. that answer at the moment. You know? Yeah, no, that, that was a tough one. Thanks for uh, giving that one a crack. So my last question, um, kind of 2020, what's left of it, 2021 coming up, what, what are you most looking forward to? You got a pet project or a uh, sort of a watching brief on anything in particular that you want to share? Yeah, so my focus and, and, and project at the moment, I guess, is uh, Sage being such a multidisciplined um, uh, or multi-industry business um, and, and with a large uh, customer focus across uh, government um, and, and also in defence industry as well. Um, I'm currently working towards a, uh, a, a membership or, or partnership with, with the Defence Industry Security Programme. Um, which largely aligns to the protective security policy framework and the information security manual uh, uh, requirements and controls um, uh, uh, across four key areas of governance, uh, physical security, personal security and cyber security. So um, that's, that's my pet project at the moment. Um, working towards achieving that membership, um, you know, is, is, my focus and, and, and that of the business. Um, the, the, the bonus out of that, whilst the Defence Industry Security Program is largely aligned with um, uh, uh, defence requirements um, and, and again is a defence risk assurance process, um, the protective security policy frameworks and the ISM flows down to uh, government level, uh, state government and in some respects, uh, local government as well. So I think that's going to enhance our ability to support our customer base um, in, in uh, uh, the government sector. Um, yeah, that's certainly an exciting opportunity for me. Well, plenty to uh, plenty to get your teeth into there, um, Mal. It's been it's been great uh, getting your support today to run through Australia's. Um, cybersecurity strategy 2020 um, looks like sort of at the moment, you know, we're both giving it a, a thumbs up. Um, important work. Good to see some dollars there, some funding, collaborative approach, how they've gone uh, gone with sort of a structure around making sure that, that government and business and the community have, have sort of got their, their own key actions and their own heavy lifting that they need to do uh, all in one document. So um, good signs there. And, and of course, the next little while is going to be uh, an important time for, for our national uh, cyber security. So thanks. Uh, thanks so much for joining us today on the Smart Cities Chronicles. Thank you very much for having me. Muchly appreciated. And for our listeners and watchers, that's been Mal Frampton, who is the cyber security lead at uh, Sage Group, one of our partner organisations at the Smart Cities Council. Uh, for those of you who are not uh, subscribing to the Chronicles, you can do so on uh, whatever your favourite uh, podcast platform is. Uh, and of course, for those that want to watch this uh, or want to share it, you can also find the video uh, on our YouTube channel, Smart Cities Council, Australia, New Zealand. Our website has the podcast as well, smartcitieschronicles.com. And you can also uh, send us an email at any time at uh, the email address chronicles at anz.smartcitieschronicles.com. My name is Adam Beck, the host of the Chronicles. We look forward to bringing you another episode very soon. Stay well, stay safe. Thanks for joining us.